Hi, I'm George Tekmanchov. This is Eastern Target Podcast number 166 with our very special guest, a man who's been on the podcast before. Uh, a man who is doing more, in my opinion, to help advance the sport of archery than just about anybody. It is Rob Coffold of Lancaster Archery Supply and the Lancaster Archery Classic. And Rob, I can't tell you what a pleasure it is to have you on the show. Well, thank you so much, George. Uh, it's an honor. Uh, I'm, I'm humbled uh, to be talking to you today. Thank you. Rob, you have a huge weekend coming up uh, later this week as we speak. And that is, of course, the largest archery tournament, indoor archery tournament, or practically for any purpose, uh, maybe other than 3D, the biggest archery tournament on the East Coast. And that is, of course, the Lancaster Classic, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think we're 17 years now. Is that right? 19. 19, 19 years. 19 yep. years. Incredible. You know, when I think about the Lancaster Classic in, in my archer brain, I'm still going, oh, that's the new tournament on the East Coast. But no, it's not. It's, in fact, uh, having a longer legacy now than many of the old classic tournaments like Cobo Hall. And, uh, you know, I suppose that the Eastern tournament might have a longer legacy, but this one's certainly gotten to be the biggest one. And there's a reason for it, isn't there? I mean, it's it's a quality event. Well, thank you. We, uh, we owe a lot to uh, our team that's here and to the loyal customers that we have every day and the loyal people that keep coming back to the Classic. And I want to thank them so much. Rob, one of the things you've done with the Classic that's making it um, an attraction for so many shooters is you don't do things like other tournaments. You, you've got a different format. Walk us through this year's uh, format with the qualifying round and then talk, us, talk to us about that unique shoot-up round that makes Lancaster special. Well, the qualification round, uh, we shoot 60 arrows, um, total, total of 60 arrows, uh, 20 ends of three arrows, and we score the little baby X as a, an 11 ring rather than just a 10 or an X ring. So the 11 is very unique to our tournament, uh, first of all. And then during the shoot-up rounds, uh, we added a new twist this year. Uh, and that twist is a risk and reward bonus 11 ring. So you're going to see some people, uh, you're going to see some heroes and some zeros uh, this year. It's, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, it creates an entirely different dynamic. And one of the things that you've been able to do with that dynamic is, uh, quite frankly, create a lot of drama. Um, I, I, it, was that a goal going into yeah. this? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It makes for great entertainment, great TV. And, um, you know, it, it, uh, it, it also lets a guy get back in it. He has a chance to get back in it if he's, if he's down a few points. There's every opportunity for people who are maybe not going to be at the top of the podium every time, you know, the, the Mike Schlusers of the world, the Jesse Broadwaters of the world, to get beaten by somebody who gets on a hot streak and, you know, kind of an everyman scenario. And that it does make for compelling broadcasting. You've got a full broadcast plan for this year's classic as you have in the past as well, right? Yes, we sure do. Uh, Cam Media, Competition Archery Media, will be covering the entire event. And, um, you know, we, we ask folks to tune in either uh, on Lancaster Archery's um, website or, um, you know, under cam medias as well. So you can get to lancasterarchery.com 
and you can see the schedule and the uh, live event as it airs uh, this weekend. Yes, and the finals will be on Saturday afternoon and on Sunday. You've also got other activities planned around the Classic for people who will be attending this year. In the past, you've had a number of uh, uh, seminars and things of that nature. You've got a plan for that this year, too? Yes, we have uh, guests Jay Bars and Dick Tone uh, with a recurve seminar on Thursday night. Hey, I think I know those guys. (laughs) Yeah, I know that. They've been on your podcast many times, George. Oh, yeah. And then we also have... um, we have some other compound pro archers coming and doing uh, seminars as well. That's great. So that's free uh, for participants who are attending the event. Is that right? Participants or spectators, anybody at all that's in Lancaster County. Let me tell you, folks, if you haven't listened to Dick Tone and Jay Bars talk about archery, uh, it's a tremendous opportunity to learn some things about the inner workings of the mind under pressure. Uh what kind of form works best under pressure. It is a huge value that you're giving those spectators and participants, Rob. Thank you. Now, you don't just have, of course, the Lancaster Classic. You also have, uh, for several years now, been doing a youth and collegiate trophy tournament. Tell us about that one. Yes, it's been a tremendous success. Uh, the, the collegiate division, the colleges all over the country have supported it very, very uh, strongly. and. Um, so this year we have uh, about 2,000 participants in the classic and uh, the combined events of the youth and collegiate event along with the classic. And uh, we, were, we feel very fortunate uh, that we have, still have that many people traveling during COVID. Um, we are taking precautions uh, you know, at the event, but uh, masks w- will be up to the individual. In my mind, it seems like one of the real highlights of this event, both events, the classic and the collegiate event, is the barebow. Kind of led the charge on the resurgence of barebow archery. Tell us a little bit about what's that meant to your event and to your business. Well, barebow has always been very near and dear to my heart. Uh, that that's how I started, and that's how I still, um, you know, I, I love to shoot barebow. Um, you know, I killed a deer this year with a a 1967 bear Kodiak Magnum recurve and uh, wow. had a great time. Um, so I, I enjoy shooting barebow archery very much. And I enjoy uh, giving these guys a showcase. Dick Tone, of course, uh, another person who has been accomplished with barebow in the past and, uh, you know, kind of wing shooting pheasants and things of that nature. Pretty amazing stuff. Uh, I think that one of the highlights for Cam's coverage of this event that people always seem to enjoy is the barebow competition because that truly you just don't know what's going to happen under pressure with barebow. Right. Yeah, we have a saying that is barebow close, and that means you know anything within a few points. Uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a red or a blue can easily happen shooting barebow. I think that's compelling stuff for a lot of folks to watch, and people really enjoy it. What kind of feedback have you gotten uh, in terms of the availability of the coverage and, and things of that nature, Rob. It seems to me that every time the classic comes up, it is the focus for much of the archery community. By far, the barebow division is the most viewed uh, of all of the the disciplines. Um, you know, it, by by many times. I mean, sometimes three or four times 
the amount of attention that gets paid to the pros. What is the possibility, do you think, of actual television coverage for the event? Or do you think that that's kind of an old way of doing things and now it's the online stuff that's really uh, compelling for people because of the availability? What's your thoughts on that? Well, at this time, the best we have is streaming events. Um, but uh, Cam Media has been very successful in bringing uh, uh, 3D events to broadcast television. We're now on the Sportsman's Channel, and uh, millions of viewers are catching archery events uh, with 3D, ASA 3D events through Cam's coverage um, of the ASA events um, on Sportsman's Channel. Speaking of CAM Media and the ASA, Rob, there have been some new developments involving um, the business relationship between the entities. And uh, one of your principals at CAM Media is going to have a big role in ASA. Uh, it seems to me that that is a great plan for ASA's future as things stand right now. Yes, Josh will be able to do an awesome job uh, in working with Mike Tyrell. Uh, Mike will stay on for at least five more years and hopefully a lot longer. And we certainly appreciate all that Mike has done for archery. This is a big development in terms of uh, what's happening with the ASA. Mike Tyrell has been running the ASA for more than 25 years now and doing a great job. Huge event with many people coming to the Southern part of the United States for these big 3D events. Rob, as you know, we have a lot of international listeners and they might not know. But 3D events in the United States can have thousands of people attending. And 3D archery has become uh, very much a mainstream activity for many compound archers and quite a few recurve archers, bare bow as well. And so, um, you know, it's an important part of, while it's not target archery, it's still a form of target archery. And some of the things that uh, Josh and Mike have worked on might really be looked at as ensuring the next generation of the ASA's events. Wouldn't that be fair to say? Yes. Uh, Josh is only in his forties. And so he's, uh, you know, he's young and energetic and really uh, wants to take the ASA places. Now, what kind of places do you want to speculate on? Do you think we might see ASA events moving around the country a little more because right now they're centered in, mostly the deep south of the United States. Yes, I, I believe I can't speak for Josh, but I would say that Josh is looking at, uh, at event sites uh, outside of the normal areas that ASA has been, yeah, addi the big, additional sites. Yeah, places like Paris, Texas and, and uh, Metropolis, Illinois, places like that. One of the big challenges of the ASA events is they are so big they really require more infrastructure than just about any kind of target archery event. There are multiple ranges. Uh, some of them have uh, more than a dozen different ranges. You've got to have parking for all those people, of course, accommodation, all of that sort of thing. So it can be a real challenge, both uh, logistically and I suppose financially, to find a good location for an event like that. I, I look for the ASA to... Uh... Maybe maybe come up north here a little bit and try that. and Get closer maybe... to some of the population areas. Exactly, exactly. Because I think one of the keys is that a lot of the folks that shoot the ASA events, they like to be able to drive to those events. But bringing it even a few hours north would open it up 
to a huge population of competitive archers that would want to participate? Yes, uh, a lot of the ASA competitors will stay in an RV and, and they'll actually camp on site. Uh, Mike's done a great job at uh, wel- welcoming, welcoming camper, campers and RVers, and they really enjoy the family atmosphere of an ASA tournament. Rob, right after your event coming up this weekend, uh, we have to get ready for the Vegas shoot. Um, one of the big traditions of the Vegas shoot has been the pro shop on wheels that Lancaster always brings. You're planning to come out again this year? Yes, we certainly are. Um, yeah, in fact, uh, we're on top of preparing for the classic this weekend. I think that Mike, uh, will be leaving on, uh, on Monday for the Vegas shoot. Uh, we, we have, we have a nickname for him, Turnpike Mike. <laughs> Absolutely. One of the things, of course, uh, that makes the Vegas shoot this year, uh, special, I think is that it is the first time in a couple of years that everybody will have gotten back together. Numbers are pushing past about 3000 participants, which is down from 2020, understandably, especially with the difficulty of international travel from Asia at this time. But you've got to be looking forward to seeing that West Coast crowd and, and the crowd from all over the country uh, coming to the show. Well, that's such a, you know, attractive part of the Vegas shoot. Yes, especially the international audience. That's a very big component of Vegas for us. Yeah, it has in the past been um, responsible for a substantial part, 20% or more, of Vegas shoot participants. As I mentioned, I think that'll be a little less this year, but it is a big opportunity for people to get uh, the latest gear, get bargains on some of that gear, and heading home with the stuff that they'll need for the outdoor season coming up. Thank you, George. I've always been a student of momentum, and it, it's something that I nurture constantly. And, uh, you know, we all, all of us here at Lancaster Archery work very hard with every order, with every customer contact to do our very best for them. Rob Coffold, Lancaster Archery Supply. I want to thank you for everything you're doing to promote our sport, in particular for the tremendous effort that you and your family and your staff are putting into this weekend's event in Lancaster because it has truly become a showcase for the best in our sport. And also for those folks who you might not always see on the podium, but who can kind of come out from behind and sneak up and Take a podium. It's a great thing. Thanks, Rob, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much, George. Well, speaking of highlights of the Lancaster Archery Classic, I'm on the line right now with one of them, <laughs> one, of, one of many. Yeah, and that I is... I don't know if I would go that far. It is Jay Bars, the 1988 Olympic gold medalist and the man, the myth, the legend. Hey, Jay, how's it going, man? A legend in my own lunchtime. Yes, indeed. It's going well, George. How about you? Great, brother. Hey, Jay, uh, you're headed out to Lancaster, and as you've been doing for the last few years, you're going to be joined by our coach, Dick Tone, and you're giving out a free seminar at the Lancaster event. You know, one of the things that is always the case when Dick Tone and Jay Bars get together is you're going to hear stories. Odds are. Odds are. We'll leave that to the people who are going to be attending because uh, trust me, folks, it's, it's going to be worth your while. When you get to Lancaster, Jay, what's your, uh, what's your favorite thing to eat when you get into that area? What's, what's your favorite dish of the local variety? 
probably some at Lancaster Brew Pub. Uh, Rob's taken me there a few times, and they've uh, they've got some pretty good food there and good beer too. So, so that's the know. recommended uh, spot. No, Maybe no, we... you shouldn't go there. It's horrible. Sorry, I don't want it to be crowded when I'm there. So, yeah, no, I was about, never I was mind. About to bring Taco up the Bell. Fact... Taco Bell is the place you want to go, people. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I was about to bring up the fact that you got a couple <laughs> thousand people, you know, that are going to a couple thousand people who are uh, attending this event, uh, telling them your favorite place. It's like telling people, yeah, go to Trois Brasseurs in Nîmes. No, don't go there. Don't do that. So exactly. Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't think that one through. It's all good. Hey, I want to talk to you about, uh, by the way, are you shooting this one or are you just uh, going? No. Because no, you're saving no. it for Vegas, right? Correct. I have to save all my bad arrows for Vegas. So I want to go there and embarrass myself. It is the, uh, the another fact, year. The fact is, though, you did just win the momentum shoot uh, at the Eastern <laughs> Salt Lake Archery Center this past weekend. I did indeed. I beat three other old guys. And uh, yeah, so. I'm one of those is John of Johnston, uh, who, you know, one of our close friends, John, the only man yet to have podiumed at every single <laughs> archery event he has ever entered. Pretty remarkable that stuff. Is, that is a fact. And he will tell you about that, too. So I managed I managed to beat him in carry optics and you in uh, steel challenge last weekend, but he spanked me with iron sights. So the nice. boy can shoot. The boy can shoot. He can. Yeah, he can. Luckily, he can't shoot a bow very good yet. So, well, but good enough to make the podium every time he's shot. Correct. Correct. I I wonder how many people. I don't know if anybody else I know, certainly nobody else I know, has podiumed at every single archery event they've entered. This is true. It's a pretty remarkable achievement. He's a legend in his own mind. Tell us about training for Vegas, though, in a serious way. you know, you've shot Vegas for, what is it now? How many years? This will be 43, I think. Right. In a row. You know, one of the things that's interesting about the Vegas shoot is it, at least for me in the past, it has created a certain pressure that's different than a lot of tournaments, right? I can shoot Vegas rounds all day long, but when you get on the line in Vegas, a lot of folks, and, you know, less so now than in the past, but a lot of folks they tend to uh, let the pressure get to them. You got any tips for folks who are headed to Vegas who've been used to shooting, whether they're compound shooters, shooting their Instagram 300s or, uh, you know, just bare bow guys trying to keep them all on the target. You got any tips for those people? Well, I kind of feel bad offering tips because I go through the same thing now that I only shoot Vegas pretty much is all. And I get there and panic just like everybody else and don't shoot as well as I should. So um, I know what to do. I just am incapable of doing it right now, which I think is a lot of people's problems. Um, but the what, the what to do has got value. Yeah, sure. Um, unfortunately, the only way to get good at shooting tournaments is to shoot tournaments and to shoot a lot of tournaments. And figure out, you know, how you react mentally and physically in those situations and then how to either work with that or prevent those bad things from, excuse me, from happening. And there is no substitute for shooting tournaments. And we talk about it in the seminar about having that tournament callus and that's that callus on your brain that enables you to shoot tournaments. And, you know, 
you can tell yourself all day long, look, it's still 20 yards. It's the 10 rings, the same size, the targets, the same size. It's my same bow. It's my same arrows. It's me. It's a matter of trusting the shot when you get in a tournament and by trusting it, you have to realize that you're going to see more movement in your sight than you normally do. Cause you got some adrenaline going and you're going to um, feel different and the shot could possibly feel different than it does when you're in practice because all this heightened sense of awareness and you have to just trust that it truly isn't different. It just feels that way. And if you can get through that and just say, all right, it may feel different. I'm going to shoot it anyway. And that used to be my mantra. It's going to feel like crap shoot it anyway. Um, when I was in tournaments, because it never felt the same as it did in practice. And unfortunately I don't shoot enough tournaments now or train enough to get over that. So I just, you know, do like everybody else and shoot 10 points less in Vegas than I shoot in practice. Um, but that's, I mean, those are the things you can do to kind of get over that. And unfortunately it's just a matter of shooting a lot of tournaments. You know, it's interesting that even with all of your achievements and accomplishments and experience that you still have that same very human reaction. Absolutely. Cause it matters. You know, the, the funny thing is the only person it matters to is me, nobody else. And those 3,800 people care how I shoot, except for me. Um, so the problem is you think other people are going to care and they don't. If somebody comes up and asks you how you shot, what they're really asking is, did I beat you? That's all they really want to know. Um, so, you know, if you can kind of understand those things, then it does make it somewhat easier. You've got to check your ego to some degree, right? I mean, there's some of that going on. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's why that's why it hurts when you don't shoot good is because you know how good you're capable of shooting. And if you don't, you're embarrassed. But like I said, nobody else really cares. I will say, though, that the very best archery advice I ever got was from you more than 30 years ago when you told me very clearly, nobody cares how you shot. People who love you are still going to love you. People who don't like you are still not going to like you. Just go ahead and shoot the shot and don't worry about it. And you know, that's that stuck. It helped me a ton. And I think folks that just heard the same thing from you just now really ought to take it to heart because it is a game changer. Having, you know, well, keeping your ego in check and recognizing it's not the end of the world can help you reduce that pressure. Well, yeah, at the end of the day, archery is what you do. It's not who you are. So it doesn't change who you are just because you shot good or you shot bad. You're still the same person you were before you walked on the field. So, you know, once you kind of start to realize that stuff, and again, it's easy to say, I tell myself that all the time, but I still go to Vegas and shoot like crap. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's easy to dispense the advice, but it's hard to take the advice sometimes. And again, you got to shoot tournaments to get good at shooting tournaments. Develop that tournament callus. Shoot those club shoots. Put something on Everything. it. Shoot against your Absolutely. You know, shoot against your club mates. You know, shoot for a donut. Shoot for a beer. Put some pressure oh, on it. It all helps. All of it. Are we going to see the return of the four amigos in Vegas this year? I, I believe so. Um, I know John's shooting. Um, Greg says he's shooting. Um, I will be there and I believe Juan Carlos, even though he's not with World Archer any longer, is planning on being there. So, you know, God willing and COVID don't rise. Um, yeah. Jay Bars, I'm looking forward to seeing you in Vegas. 
as well as uh, all those lucky folks that are going to be able to hang out with you and Dick Tone at the Lancaster Classic coming up this weekend. Safe travels, my friend. Thanks. So just real quick, George, this is going to be a little different. This isn't going to be a full-on seminar. This is more of a Q&A type thing, real relaxed, um, you know, ask any questions you got. So we're not, you know, doing a full-on seminar like we normally do at Lancaster over, the, you know, a two-day period. So this is, you know, is what it is. Yeah, but a great opportunity to get into the minds of two of the greatest minds in the sport of archery, Jay Bars and Dick Tone at the Lancaster Classic this weekend. Indeed. I don't know if you want to get in our minds, but they're there if you want it. It's a scary place sometimes. <laughs> it is indeed. 